He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Thursday. It's the Thursday Hot PPI, Hot PPI edition of the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management, and uh, Barry Kite, our uh, resident uh, our resident uh, chartered financial analyst. Gosh, I went fishing last Thursday. I, I should have went fishing again this Thursday. <laughs> Right now, the Dow's down 396. The sky is falling as uh, inflation continues to run a little bit hotter than expected. It showed up today in the PPI. We'll get to that in a bit. The Dow down 1.1%. The S&P is down 1.2%. It's down 51 points to 4,096. Who knows, maybe this creates... Uh, some buying opportunities today. I'll certainly be looking. The NASDAQ is down 152, down 1.2%. It's at 11,908. It's back below 12,000. The small caps are down 1%. Well, there's some green. Crude oil up a half a percent. Crude oil now sits at uh, $78.97 per barrel. Gold is down 750. It's uh, back in a rut. Silver is down nine cents. It's in a rut. The ten years up five basis points, three point eight six percent. So welcome to today's the best stocks now show uh, with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. Uh, and uh, I'm here with Barry Kite, our uh, resident chartered financial analyst, and he'll be weighing in in a little bit. He's he's looking through the CPI report, trying to find the culprit or culprits uh, for this little bit hotter than expected 0.7% increase when the market was expecting 0.5. And you can see just how ultra in tune the market is right now, and hypersensitive to what the fed might do you know data de- data dependency oh, right it's, god you know you wish you could divorce yourself from the fed watch every single day but you I know mean, you this remember, yeah you remember when the initial jobless claims used to just come out weekly and it was you know it just was what it was right it wasn't uh, it was a data point but it wasn't uh, it wasn't market market maker breaking it didn't seem like yeah well i mean we went through such a extraordinary time uh, last year with the Fed and those 75 uh, basis point hikes. And, of course, we have not seen inflation, really. I mean, i got to go back to 1982 uh, when uh, we had uh, wicked, wicked inflation and finally, you know, had to raise rates, clear up to 15 16% and put the economy into a, uh, a recession uh, in order to uh, get through that horrible bout probably the worst bout we've had well in my lifetime uh of inflation and now this one is not as bad as that one but uh, it makes people ultra sensitive 
uh, to every report, every data item that comes out on a daily basis. Well, let's look at yesterday before we move on to today, because yesterday all my troubles were so far away. The Nasdaq's up a hundred was up 110 yesterday, and I really want to uh, emphasize where the action was yesterday. Think Kathy Woods. Uh, think uh, think uh, the long duration uh, innovation stocks. Think Roku. Uh, and think Shopify and a lot of these uh, little software stocks, Datadog, etc. The momentum stocks were just on fire yesterday. So you can see how far, you know, the market has come back to favor the growth stocks. Uh, it began with the Dow's uh, Golden Cross, which was made uh, late December, Uh and the Dow stock starting to really pick up after a really rough 2022. And then eventually that golden cross occurred in the S&P 500. But in the interim, we were seeing tech stocks uh, underneath the surface of the market uh, hitting bottom, you know. And, and one after another, all of a sudden, they hit bottom and they started to come back. This started in about mid-November when interest rates peaked. And the market started looking beyond uh, the Fed rate hikes and looking to a cooler Fed. No more 75 basis point hikes. And now that rally, even despite today's downdraft, which days like this come along all the time in the market, that rally has even now spread to the uh the the hot, uh, I call them the momentum stocks. Let's see, has ARK ETF made a golden cross? No, but it's headed in that direction. And, uh, you know, even today, I mean, she's got some big winners there today. So I'm just showing you the progression step by step. It began with the dividend-paying stocks. You know, it looked like it was going to be a value market for a while. Then the Fed started signaling that uh, they could start cooling those rate hikes. And pretty soon the large cap stocks started to move, Meta, uh, Netflix, etc. And then it started to spread to the chip stocks, NVIDIA, AMD, uh, those kinds of stocks. And then even the last week, I've seen it spread to the momentum stocks. So we're taking a pause today. And uh, have Barry uh, pick apart what what should, should we be worried? Is this going to derail the Fed? Is this going to bring about more rate hikes than we're expecting? We're expecting two more twenty five basis point hikes. Should I yeah. be worried? Well, I mean, you've got uh, you know it, one thing is we all knew you know know or know that this inflation is going to be sticky to some form or fashion. We said that, that you know this data is going to be lumpy. Of course, you know it is a bit concerning from a PPI standpoint because that's producer price index, and either you know as their costs go up, they're either number one going to pass them on to us, and we'll see it in the CPI, or you know they're going to eat the cost and their margins are going to go down, and it's going to hurt earnings, right? And so. Um, either way, you know, obviously a hot PPI number, not great, and uh, looks like it's a, you know, was the hottest one I think since June. So, what really? Um, yeah, since you know, so so you've got you know we've had some of this consistency, uh, you know, of, of, you know you've heard uh, deflation's a little bit uh, to, to me is a little bit of a strong word, but less inflation is what I'd like to call it for you know for a handful of months here, and this is one of the you know kind of first you know recent reports on the on the on the you know. Uh, that was kind of a, almost a big miss, if you will, especially on the on the top line numbers. But um, you know, compared to again, remember PPI was 
you know, where we where we came from, PPI was uh, you know six and a half percent year over year. Even with this report, we're only at six percent. So it's yeah. uh, you know it's going going down year over year. Core was you know four and a half. The the previous was four point seven. Uh, you know, so there's not, you know, it came in hotter than anticipated, but it is still in the right direction, put it that way. Can you pick, uh, is there one thing in there that stands out to you, one item that's uh, driving it? Yeah, well, the, you know, the, 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 you know the, there's a portion on there that actually that, uh, um, uh, that, that Powell has been concerned about, right, on the services inflation side, and that actually, uh, you know, came in a, a little bit, you know, tamer, I think, than expected. So that would be, you know, kind of a, a silver lining there. And I think the combination of certainly, you know, we've got a, we've got a lot of information today. you got, you know, initial jobless claims came in, you know, 6,000. They're anticipated 200K, came in at 194. Um, so that, you know, the, of course, combination of you know, still some still uh, hot hot employment and and, yeah. and, a, and a hot ppi of course you get kind of a, a re uh, you know repricing of what's going on today one of the weirdest numbers and this probably actually has to do with uh, the super bowl and data just in terms of the the philly fed uh, minus 24 uh, contraction versus minus 7.8 was expected so I think that's a data anomaly where a lot of more people were spending uh, spending time at uh, you know watching football <laughs> for the month in Philadelphia. And they spent a lot on crying towels too. Uh, yeah, that, that, that'll show up in the data next time. While so. Kansas City was uh, <laughs> celebrating with their parade through the streets. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, there's not much we can do about it. Uh, so is labor. Is labor a part of the PPI, the producer price index? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll check that. Usually, they uh, sometimes they'll you know, most of the time they'll kind of split it out as uh, you know whether it's you know labor productivity or labor labor uh, labor labor unit cost. Um, but I, I want to say this is going to be more on the on the lines of transportation, goods inflation, things of that nature. But I'm pulling up the uh, yeah. Up the so that's been the sticky here, part. Is you know wages have been going up. And, uh, you know, there's still a scarce labor supply, uh, which creates that wage pressure. And uh, that's been showing up in the CPI. I just know that, you know, for most companies, their two big expenses are labor and materials, labor and materials. And uh, those continue to rise. When I come, when we come back, I'll give you an example. I ordered something a year ago on Amazon. And I went to uh, buy a few more yesterday, and I'll tell you how it changed in one year. This is Bill Gunderson. It's the Best Stocks Now show. Back here to the uh, second quarter of today's the Best Stocks Now show with uh, a nervous market today, and it's all about the Fed once again. Although I've seen a little pickup here in the NASDAQ, that seems to be where the money wants to go. Uh, the Dow's only down 293 now, so it's gained about 100 points during the break. Let's take another break, Barry. Maybe it'll be even by the time we're I'm kidding. NASDAQ's down to 102 <laughs> right now. So listen. I, here's been the pattern since uh, late December, 
of last year. Dips in the market are being bought. bought. Yep. So we'll continue to watch this throughout the day. My message to my uh, clients and subscribers this morning was as follow. The hotter than expected PPI report is raising fears of more rate hikes than we now anticipate. I do not see the Fed going past 5.25. We are currently at 4.75. Yeah, and even if they get, you know, five and a half, I mean, that's kind of the, that 5.25 to five and a half range. And, you know, after that, you know, you get some, some, you see some, you know, some reports out there of 6%. I mean, you know, do, do they really need to get that far down the, you know, down the road, particularly if you're three more quarter point hikes from right now? Um, or two, right, two or three, whichever one it is. I, I do see, I did see where there's a couple of, you know, Fed members who really wanted to go 50 basis points last, uh, you know, last, yeah. Um, yeah, Mester. Uh, last meeting. Yeah, I don't know if that was one person or two. I read something that was, you know, two or, two or three. Not enough for the majority, obviously, but. You know, there's some uh, certainly some 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 take there. I think the the worry, my, you know, my biggest worry on the inflation front is a lot of the items that have, you know, come down or, or helped uh, inflation dissipate, or, or some of the more volatile ones. Um, and then, of course, it's a double-edged sword. On the other end of it, uh, today, for example, the PPI, I think, uh, you know, over a third of the increase in January can actually be traced back to gasoline, um, which uh, increased 6.2 percent. And gas is going down. We're at 299. I saw 299 yeah. yesterday. Well, and, yeah, and gas is one that's obviously the most volatile, right? It could be yeah. 299 now. It could be 425 in three months when the driving season picks up, right? Especially yeah. in the South, where they've got a you know more expensive refining and and you know, reformulated gasoline for the summertime is, is you know, more expensive regardless. So. Well, my bottom line on when I saw the futures dip, I said, I will be looking for more buys today. Now, whether or not I make any, that depends. It all has to be right for me. The valuation, uh, the chart, the momentum, uh, valuation is very key right now. I'm not, I'm not uh, real inclined to be paying up big price for uh, you know, P.E. ratios when there's plenty that are uh, pretty moderate to reasonable this year after last year's big sell-off. Now, a year ago, <clears throat> I bought <clears throat> five cans of uh, uh, milk, milk powder, powdered milk, okay, in cans that you can store. And uh, oh, we used a couple of them, I suppose. We mostly use it in cooking and stuff. And uh, I went to order just a couple to replenish they were $19 a can one year ago. Now they're $40 a can. $40. And you can't get them. Well, that's the other and thing. good and luck getting them. Yeah, right. So powdered mm-hmm. milk. I'm just, I'm just telling you, giving you a little bit of real-world shelf life examples from the real world uh, of some shortages, some price hikes, some things that you can't get right now. Just Have you a bought a big bit. Mac, a Big Mac meal lately? No, you know, we, uh, we 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 you know, kind of uh, went through for the uh, for the for the sixteen year old. Had a buddy in the car, went through, oh. and, and and I think we had I think we had oh. two things right for them and it, i think it was like the, the it was like 22 bucks and you could have like, went to hall's we, chop well we looked at each know. other yeah. and we're like we we're New like look at each other like 22 bucks like really oh, like all geez. right like let's do it all right well bp saw <laughs> a, uh, a buy yeah. they're buying travel centers of america i think that buffett 
owned that. I think Buffett was a big investor in travel centers of America. And, of course, this could be also part of BP's plans to uh, be part of the the charging stations. They they, they, uh, said... They were going to spend one billion by twenty by twenty thirty. I don't know how much that is really. A billion dollars over the next seven years on electric charge points across the U.S. But that would be nice to have these chargers at some place, you know, these travel centers of America, where you can go in and have a subway sandwich or whatever, uh, as opposed to a, a motel parking lot. You know, that's better place to yeah. charge your car did you see what did you see our travel travel centers of america is up 70 percent today it's like do you think they paid up a little bit for uh okay for well travel centers all of right america? what is berkshire hathaway doing today brkb right. is up uh let's see no it's flat today maybe well maybe it's not a very big position in his portfolio but i'm pretty sure he was an investor in that and by the way there was a good article yesterday about charlie munger talking and about boyd. how far ahead yeah that uh BYD boyd is. Yeah. of tesla I read he that says too. they're miles ahead of tesla and he said it was his best he said it was his best purchase ever at uh at uh at, at berkshire of course he's yeah. 99 right so he's 99 years old <laughs> yes. my question is why are you selling it and, you know, he thinks it's gotten a little bit expensive. If he thinks that Boyd is expensive, what does he think Tesla is? Uh, but anyways, okay, here's they another. they made about eight. I think that currently the, you know, they've, 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 I want to say their position's gone up like $8 billion yeah. or something. Since but that's a drop in the bucket because <laughs> yeah. Berkshire Hathaway is a, almost a trillion dollar fund. Yep, it's $700 right. billion. So $8 billion's like, he probably had that was pocket change for Charlie Munger, right? He did that in his little side, his Roth IRA or whatever. Yeah, I want to say their first. I want to say their first investment was like I don't know in the six five hundred million, six hundred million, something of that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, may, yeah, maybe less. I, maybe it was up seven hundred percent. Yeah, something no, it was up a lot. It was crazy. Okay, well, you know, one of the guys. I don't really, you know, there's guys out there that I follow and I, I, I listen. Dan Niles is just kind of over the top with hyperbole. You know, he was at, I think, Wedbush for a long time. He says the Fed's going to go to 6% with their rate hikes. He's been saying that for a long time. Okay, we think they'll go around five and a quarter. That's my guess, five and a quarter. Cisco. Now, I will say this. There were some really important earnings that came in after the close yesterday. And in the second half of the show, I kind of want to pick through those earnings reports because there's some really, we're getting now into the underneath the surface. Uh, there's a lot of good stocks underneath the surface of the market. Yes, there's the Teslas, there's the Apples, there's the Microsofts, etc. But you get down underneath the surface, we own a lot of stocks underneath the surface of the market that have better valuations. A lot of time these popular stocks, they're not it's hard to get them at a good value, a good buy. That's why a lot of times you have to go underneath the surface. So when we come back, I want to go through these earnings reports and weigh in on stocks like Cisco. Uh, Shopify, Albemarle, Roku, Nutrien. Uh, Reliance Steel, uh, Crocs, Hyatt Hotel, Tech Resources. Some of these we own, and uh, some of them had some really good reports yesterday. So in the second half, we're going to go do some earnings reports. 
This is Bill Gunderson and Barry Kite. We'll be right back. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. And welcome back here to the uh, second uh, half of today's Best Stocks Now show. A lot of earnings coming in, uh, kind of the tail end of earnings season, but it gets kind of interesting, really, uh, as you get past uh, a lot of the uh, the big names. Uh, there's still a few of those out there uh, reporting, uh, but we get into some uh, interesting uh, smaller names here uh, reporting earnings. And we'll... By by the newsletter well, tomorrow, when I write it, uh, I think 90% of the earnings for the S&P 500 will be in. So i got to say this about earnings season. A- on every stock I look at, uh, which is hundreds, hundreds and hundreds every single day, I'm looking at their estimates for 2024. That's the one we're all looking to now. Uh, 2022 is now pretty much in the books. 2023, they've given enough guidance for us to, to have a pretty solid estimate for this year, but it's 2024, believe it or not. And I can just tell you that so far on these 2024 estimates coming in, I like what I see. I really do. I mean, it just seems like every single stock I look at is looking for growth in 2023. It seems like they're looking past the interest rate hikes and the impact it's had on their business. They're looking past the inflation and the impact that it's had on their business. And one by one, every almost every one that's coming in is looking for growth in 2024. Okay, having said that, let's let's just begin here <clears throat> with the big name. Now, <laughs> I've been in the business for 23 years, 24 years, and, uh, you know, back in the day, I remember when Cisco was the report that everybody was looking at. Cisco was one of the greatest stocks of all time. And uh, I would also say that stocks have life cycles. IBM was one of the greatest stocks of all time. Uh, you know, uh, Hewlett-Packard was a great stock. Intel was a great stock. Cisco, you know, we started off with the big mainframe computers, and a big revolution take pl- took place uh, into personal computers. Huge, huge, huge uh, revolution, uh, the computer revolution. And before long, everybody had their own personal, personal computer. They didn't have to log into a big mainframe and share it with other people. You had your personal computers. 
The next big revolution that came along with the personal computers was networking them. You know, if you had a company and 100 people were all working there, uh, you had to be networked in order to share your data with one another. The old switches, right? Yeah. I mean, you Cisco's, could... uh, Cisco's kind of a part in that ecosystem, right? Yeah. Well, first Novell came along. Yep. Novell was a Network. game changer out of uh, Provo, Orem, Utah. And uh, Novell, uh, I had relatives that worked for Novell, and it was just this unbelievable company that learned how to link computers together and something called the router came along uh you know which uh, was many computers were able to link to it and the local area network i remember the lan stocks back then and then we had wan wan stocks wide area networks and networking was the big thing and then of course speed for the internet that's that's really where cisco came along was speed uh, especially in the telecom uh, industry. And Cisco was one of the fastest-growing companies uh, that we witnessed during those days. But now, you know, Cisco, they're still a major player in technology, but they're not a major growth stock anymore. You got much more commoditized over, over time. Yes. So now you've got a company that's growing, uh, you know, over the past five years, their earnings have been growing by 6% per year. So all things being equal, that's about all you can expect uh, uh, in in the way of capital appreciation. If if stocks follow earnings, which they do, and a company's growing by 6% per year, that's about the best you're going to do unless you buy the stock when it's really cheap. Uh, and then sell it when it's really expensive, is, you're not going to get double-digit growth out of Cisco in this day and age. Oracle would be another example of that. But having said that, you know, Cisco plunks along. I have it, when I do my valuation on uh, Cisco, I come up with 52% upside potential over the next five years. It doesn't meet my value criteria. I like 80% or more upside potential. At least, that's the minimum, somewhere in that range. And uh, Cisco with 52.5, I mean, it gets eliminated right off the top. So now my formula for coming up with what I consider to be the best stocks now, number one, half of that formula is based on valuations. You've got to have some decent upside potential and on the other hand you got to have some momentum going along with it and cisco really doesn't have either i mean it's a relative strength of 60 uh, it is what it is uh, it has 52 percent upside potential so let me just give you an example so what what would that do for cisco's rankings i rank 6,000, just over 6,000 on a daily basis Cisco has consistently been, well, it's currently 3,395. That's its rank out of 6,000. So it's there, you know, it, 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 it takes up space, big space in the NASDAQ. It still fulfills the need in the high-speed router area. It's still, uh, what is it in market cap, $208 billion company. It's still one of the great stocks of all time. But today's Cisco is not the Cisco that I witnessed, you know, some 20 years ago. So for that reason, uh, we don't own Cisco stock. 
Uh, it pays a dividend of 3.1%, which is also indicative. When they start getting into 3 4 5%, <laughs> Dividend yields. They're running out of growth prospects. Yeah, they're running out of growth prospects. So, you know, now let's just, IBM's dividend yield is, uh, I think it's in the fours, 4.8. Okay. AT&T's dividend yield is, uh, right now, AT&T is 5.8. So you can say it's pretty good, uh, uh, you know, it's a pretty good uh, indicator when you look at a dividend yield like that. You can say, well, there's not much growth there anymore. So if you're a growth, now, this also relates to dividend-paying stocks. There's a lot of people that like companies that grow their dividend every year. Well, if they're growing their dividend every year, it also means their growth is shrinking every year, usually, okay? And you get up into these fat dividends, and that means... You're not going to get much capital appreciation out of these stocks. Yeah, and how they grow their dividend. I mean, you've got companies that are, are not growing their top line, and they're borrowing money to pay their dividends. Yeah, they'll, so. they'll do buybacks of their own shares or borrow. Okay, yeah. so me, I like a company that in our dividend portfolio, we call it the dividend and growth portfolio, not the dividend growth portfolio, the dividend and growth portfolio. So... You know, we may accept a little smaller dividend. For instance, Microsoft's dividend yield right now uh, is uh, one, 1%. one Okay? You say, well, why would you take 1% when you can get uh, 4.8 out of IBM? Because Microsoft, over the last five years, has grown by 23% per year. It's still a growth company. And now they're on the frontier of, uh, of AI, artificial intelligence, with chat GPT. So unless Cisco comes up with something new, uh, you know, I just don't see it. It's just going to be one of those laggard types of stocks. So I thought that would be kind of a good teaching example. Now let's go to the other end of the spectrum with Shopify. Shopify is a pure growth, long-duration stock that is kind of an Amazon in a way. It allows, instead of going into a big mall which most people don't do anymore, uh, they have an online mall, and you can set up a shop on Shopify. But you know what? It has not turned out to be a very profitable venture. Uh, Their earnings growth has been very choppy. Their sales growth has been phenomenal. Their earnings growth has been very unreliable and very choppy. So when we're in a risk-on market, Shopify had a big day yesterday because we're at, it was a risk-on day. And back in 2022, Shopify got clear up to $176. That was the COVID year. And we owned Shopify back in those days because that was a good place to be. They want Investors wanted those fast-growth stocks, speculative, long-duration, innovative stock. That was 2020. This is 2023. Shopify's down 14.4% today because they fell short. They're just having a tr- trouble making this model profitable. We'll be right back. You got to go where you want to go and do what you want to do.
And welcome back here to the uh, final segment of the Best Stocks Now show. Well, one thing I can say about today's action, the dip is being bought, at least for now. Maybe we go back down again and test the lows of the day, but the NASDAQ is down just 63 right now when it was down, uh, you know, over 100 points. The Dow is still down 241, but it has improved considerably uh, from the open. Now, after I just got done talking about what a, uh, it's a stodgy stock, Cisco. Soggy, soggy, stodgy old growth giant of yesteryear. It's the best performer in the Dow. It's up 4.4% today. But, you know, you're just not going to get real steady. It's not a growth engine anymore. Okay, then you got a couple stocks on the Dow that are flat. Home Depot, United Healthcare. The two big losers on the Dow, 3M, down 2.5%, and Disney is down 1.5%. <clears throat> so uh, the Dow is down 241 right now on fear of maybe some more rate hikes and anticipated. We still anticipate, I anticipate 5.25, means two more rate hikes, and then they'll pause. And uh, I would say Barry's probably in the 5.5 camp, three more rate hikes. But the fact of the matter is, is we can now see an end. And the market looks ahead. The market looks ahead by at least one year. And uh, it's seeing beyond the inflation, beyond the rate hikes. And uh, that's why you've seen a stabilization in the multiple. But the market does get rattled. You know, if something comes in uh, one basis point hotter than expected. Right, yeah. Uh, it, it it goes to pieces. Okay. Well, and that's, and that's why, the, and as you mentioned it yesterday, in terms of what does it mean with an inverted yield curve, particularly this inverted, is the fact that, you know, the, the market, you know, the, the, the market expects, right, lower rates in, to, in the future from an expectation standpoint. Yes. And, uh, okay, so that's, uh, okay, that's... Uh, that's what the market is expecting. Now, okay, let's go to the S&P 500. And uh, we get into some of these uh, companies reacting to good earnings reports. Albemarle, A-L-B. <clears throat> okay, now let me give you my valuation on Albemarle because I've been looking at it recently. I have it with 120% upside potential over the next five years. It's a large-cap stock, $34 billion in market capitalization. Uh, and it does pay, I want to say it pays a dividend yield because we have owned it in our dividend portfolio. Uh, Albemarle pays a dividend of a half a percent. It's headquartered uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is just a few hours north of us, which, believe it or not, what... Does North Carolina have a lot of underneath the ground lithium? And what is all these battery charging stations that we're going to build that got to recharge those batteries that are made of lithium? Well, they had a very good report today. Albemarle came in. They beat their earnings estimates. Uh, we've owned Albemarle a little bit. We don't. I don't currently own it because, you know, the lithium stocks have been choppy. Choppy. Yeah, look at the chart. That's, it's yeah, all over the, the chart place. right now. Yeah, we're just not there yet. Where, but I think we're crossing over the line. We're crossing the Rubicon. 
you know, the, the demand for lithium is not intense because a lot of these companies are still building out their battery factories and everything. You know, I see Ford had to halt production on their F-150 Lightnings because uh, a battery, a couple batteries caught fire. Yeah, and you have what GM, either GM or Ford or both. You know, they've 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 already made investments in you know in in companies like Albemarle and companies you know battery technology companies, uh, in order to uh, you know simply uh, secure some uh, you know basically to secure batteries and lithium going forward. Yes, and I'm going to say that ALB is one of is in my book it's the best play. Because they do other things besides lithium. Yep. But listen to their earnings, okay? 2020, the COVID year, they made about $4 a share. The following year, they made $4 a share. This year that they're now reporting, they just reported their fourth quarter, they're going to make $22 per share this year. It went from $4 to $22. Yeah, that's a nine, a PE of a forward PE of uh, just over nine. Yes, and okay, and 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 they're uh, this year we're in now twenty twenty three. They're expected to make twenty eight dollars per share, and this quarter that they just announced, their sales were up one hundred and ninety three percent, and their sales were up seven hundred and fifty three percent. Now compare that with Cisco. So I'm just saying that all this lithium and whatnot is where local area networks were 20 years ago, okay? The revolution is taking place in the auto industry these days. And, uh, you know, whether it's autonomous driving, whether it's the electric vehicles, whether it's the charging stations, whether it's the lithium that uh, powers the batteries, (laughs) I just have avoided it. Now, I have a... I keep a list. It's a pretty short list. Okay, when I'm ready to buy something, I put on their top pick. I write it in on my chart, top pick. And about two weeks ago, I put on Albert Marley's chart, top pick. This is a top pick. This is a growth stock. This is a fantastic growth stock. But I, like I say, the price of lithium, the demand for lithium has been very, very choppy. But this is definitely one that you need to look to, to the future, Albemarle, A-L-B. It's up 15.3%, and it's also lifting up uh, Piedmont lithium, P-L-L. Uh, that's breaking out to a new 52-week high. I have that one five years upside potential, 83.6%. It's also in North Carolina. And then you've got the one out in California at the the pass there, uh, Mountain Pass. Uh, And GM just made a big investment in that thing. That's MP, a lot of lithium in Nevada. So uh, and one and, of our favorites, SQM. Problem with it is it's domiciled in Chile. <laughs> yes, and they have political issues there. They'll yeah. they'll circle the mine every once in a while and demand higher wages and lifetime jobs and whatnot. But uh, it's it, it's tough. Anyways, that's where the action is today in the market, and the dip is being bought. We'll see if it continues. Get the newsletter with our updated target prices at GundersonCapital.com. 
set up an appointment with us at 855-611-BEST. Have a great day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA.